You're listening to a CHUO podcast. CHUO is community-driven media. Find us online at chuo.fm, on air at 89.1 FM in Ottawa, and on social media at chuo.fm. And you're still tuned in to Black on Black on CHU 89.1 FM. And this is our regular checkup with Black America. And you know who our guest is, who usually comes on for these segments. It's none other than Mr. Timothy Hughes. He's a native of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He's a graduate of Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee. He's an activist, an advocate, a blogger, a commentator, a columnist, a community organizer, educator, innovator, and intellectual. He is involved with various organizations at the intersection of public policy and social justice, including, but not limited to, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Inc., Black Voters Matter Fund, the Brothers Roundtable, Corporate Diversity Initiatives, Gideon's Army, the Equity Alliance, and the Metro Nashville Community Oversight Board. Oh yeah, I forgot the NAACP Nashville branch. So that's a that's a whole mouthful. Timothy, how are you? Sarah, it is an honor and a privilege to be with you on this auspicious day. We're going to talk a June nineteenth, right? Uh, June nineteenth, <laughs> oh the, the very first ever June nineteenth that yes. will be commemorated and celebrated as a federal holiday here in the United yes. States. Yeah, very exciting and auspicious time indeed. So, for folks who don't know what Juneteenth is, it commemorates June nineteenth, eighteen sixty-five when Union soldiers brought news of freedom to enslaved Black people in Galveston, Texas, two months after the Confederacy had surrendered. So that's two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation freed slaves in the Southern states. Hmm. Hmm. So, okay, so how did that all go down in, in Congress? So take, a, initially- take us through that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So initially the plan, and of course, this has been a process that has been uh, pushed for for a mm-hmm. number of years. This has been a long and protracted struggle, as it seems that things always seem to be here in the U.S. when we're talking about uh, demanding something that respects the full humanity of our, of our Black folks in, in, in the diaspora here in the U.S. and in other parts of the West. We, we had to fight tooth and nail to get a king holiday. And now we have finally uh, um, begun the process of beginning to a- acknowledge and celebrate on a national level the, uh, the, uh, the commemoration of the liberation of, of, of African peoples here in the United States. And so it started with uh, a unanimous vote in the United States Senate, which was fascinating to me in part because yes. it's difficult to get 100 senators to agree that the sky is blue and that the direction <laughs> of the sky is up. Uh, but to get a hundred senators to agree unanimously on on uh, on on Juneteenth uh, being commemorated as a federal holiday was quite significant. However, not to be outdone, the United States House had its detractors. Uh, among mm. them, uh, I, I believe it was nearly nineteen uh, um, uh, 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 Republican uh, elected officials in the House who uh, who stepped away from uh, the idea of trying to 
recognized Juneteenth as a federal holiday. And so, uh, so, so, so we had, uh, even though there was a majority in the House voting yeah. in favor of the creation of this holiday, there were those detractors. Very similarly, uh, in, in a related piece of legislation honoring the sacrifice of those police officers who, mm. uh, who, who protected sitting members of the legislature in both the House and the Senate in the January 6th insurrection, uh, there was an opportunity to honor those uh, uh, those police officers, those Capitol Police who protected uh, with their bodies uh, the elected officials uh, there in the Congress. And there were 21 Republican leaders who said, you know what, uh, we don't need to honor their heroism. It was no big deal, uh, the insurrection. We don't really care about the idea of domestic terrorism threatening the lives of sitting Congress people. We don't need to honor. Including themselves. Including themselves. The cognitive mm. dissonance in the moment that these very same uh, elected officials who often mm. want to remind us of the value and the importance of law enforcement, uh, resisting the idea that those law enforcement officers there on the Capitol who were protecting their very lives deserved even a symbolic gesture of kindness and consideration for their sacrifice. Yeah, a congressional vote. By the way, the House voted 415 to 14 uh, for the Juneteenth uh, holiday. And by the way, uh, among those House Republicans, the 14, right. there were people like Mo Brooks of Alabama, Paul Gosar of Arizona. And if these names sound familiar, it's because these are some of the same people same who people. voted against certifying uh, Biden's, uh, you know, electoral win, right? That's right. They're nothing if not consistent, right? Yeah. Yeah. And as well, uh, so this Juneteenth federal holiday, uh, is happening at a time when some of the same people who voted for the holiday in, in the Senate and in the house are the same people now who are against critical race theory in their home states. Absolutely. Please explain that. Please explain. You know, Sarah, I have <laughs> bent myself into uh, metaphorical pretzels, attempting to understand the jujitsu that is the logic of Republicans in this moment. In the very same time that we have this, you know, tremendous success, this tr tremendous achievement of honoring uh, the legacy of Juneteenth as a federal holiday, we also find ourselves with many of these same elected officials in a moment where they are resisting the telling of stories that would explain what actually happened <laughs> in the enslavement of African peoples in this country mm. because they oppose the telling of that story through critical race theory. It is a very, very tenuous moment. I find myself perplexed trying to understand how the logic works, where we learn of the legacy of enslavement and liberation but we don't learn of the truth and the stories of those who were enslaved and those who profited from their enslavement. It's a very, very strange time in which to live and to observe politics and the understanding of political engagement in this moment. Uh, I am at once both inspired by the fact that we can now celebrate and commemorate Juneteenth as a national uh, commemorative holiday, but I am very, very vexed and concerned about efforts to whitewash and revisionist history, uh, efforts to try to change the stories around how it is that that legacy of enslavement was dismantled, 
uh, and we continue to resist it to this day. Uh, here in the state of Tennessee, uh, efforts were made on the state level to not only resist the telling of these stories in an honest and a forthright way through the use of critical race theory, but in fact, to ban education <laughs> that might include any of the literature or respect the intellectual acumen or, uh, uh, or the value of critical race theory as even a context through which we can understand the history of enslavement, discrimination, white supremacist ideology, and the like in the state uh, through the teaching of lessons in public schools. And so we do have uh, a tremendous uh, way to go in terms mm -hmm. of challenging the uh, false narratives and assumptions yes. about how it is that our country uh, was created here in the U.S., the, uh, the, the grounds and the, um, the, the, the constitution of, uh, of, of, of history and the value of telling the truth about that history uh, and resistance to white supremacist ideology and in many ways the fragility of uh, the white consciousness. Uh, and so we have a long way to go in educating community members about how it is that we got to this moment. And so we must persist uh, while we celebrate uh, and, and remember and commemorate uh, Juneteenth, we also uh, want to continue to demand uh, mm -hmm. a greater accountability for our elected officials as it relates to uh, the For the People Act, uh, as it yeah. relates to the Breathe Act, as it relates to actually having protections uh, uh, via the, the jo uh, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. We need policy, not just symbolism. And so it's exactly. critically important that we remind ourselves that while we are making some strides in some areas, uh, we have a tremendous and long way to go in other areas. For sure. And uh, just to, to close up this subject, uh, this also is happening at a time when there was that whole controversy with Nicole Hannah-Jones, the, the author of the 6019 Project. Remember yeah. that? Over yeah. at, uh, was it UNC, Chapel Hill? Uh, yes, absolutely. University of North Carolina? Yeah, yeah. UNC, uh, North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And, uh, yeah. and, and she had done some uh, tremendous uh, work around uh, the 1619 Project, talking about the origins of enslavement uh, in, in Jamestown, uh, Virginia, and, and the historic uh, foundation upon which uh, the country was built around the That's issue right. of chattel slavery and how the contributions economically and otherwise to the foundation and the creation of what we uh, later called a representative democracy, but that did not represent the needs, concerns, and human uh, dignity and values of Black and Indigenous people. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of tension uh, yeah. around that discussion and the telling of that story uh, oftentimes confronts many of the same um, uh, white nationalist attitudes, sure. and white supremacist ideologies that uh, some yeah. choose to, to ignore and to minimize in the current mm -hmm. day. So uh, yeah. when talking about our intellectual acumen and the desire to address and interrogate white supremacy, uh, mm -hmm. we have to be very careful uh, to acknowledge the fact that we still have some folk. In, uh, in positions of power and influence who do not want that story to be told exactly. uh, in an honest and in forthright uh, manner. And so, uh, so we, uh, we, we continue to struggle uh, against that. And we, uh, we do what we can to find uh, and, and celebrate uh, Black joy, Black love, and to uh, leverage Black power as much as we possibly can to make sure our folks continue to tell their story. And, and on that note, um, power to... All of the uh, the celebrities and you know black people of means who funded uh, the production of 
documentaries on the Black Wall Street massacre, the Tulsa massacre, because uh, that was another um, anniversary that was uh, marked, I think it was two weeks ago. That's right. National Geographic has a special edition that's dedicated not just to the Tulsa massacre, but uh, race relations in America. But uh, we're going to run out of time, and uh, I want us to spend some time on, uh, since you spoke about uh, voting rights, uh, the freedom rights. Yes. You're, you're, you're part of that uh, project. Tell Indeed. us about that. Indeed. Uh, and so, uh, so Black Voters Matter on the, uh, the 60th anniversary in commemoration of and in acknowledgement of the sacrifice and the service of the original Freedom Riders is, uh, is beginning again, uh, a freedom ride for voter rights. Uh, we will be passing through many of the same areas in the Deep South starting uh, on June the 18th yesterday in New Orleans, Louisiana, which was originally uh, the intended uh, destination of the first Freedom Ride. We will be starting there and making our way through Mississippi uh, and Alabama and uh, through Tennessee on the 20th tomorrow for Father's Day to commemorate uh, fatherhood and freedom celebration here in Nashville, Tennessee uh, at First Baptist Church, Capitol Hill, which was one of the strategy locations where many of the Freedom Riders trained and prepared for their trek and their journey north, uh, uh, south uh, um, uh, in the original Freedom Ride. We'll be making our way into North Carolina, uh, into, uh, excuse me, into Alabama, I mean, to, to Georgia first, and then into North Carolina, West Virginia, uh, the seat of one Joe Manchin, who is uh, attempting to try mm. to resist every effort mm. to expand access to the vote, uh, ultimately going to Virginia and then concluding the Freedom Ride in Washington, D.C. on June the 26th. So those of you who are listening or who are in a position to be able to join us on our Freedom Ride can find out more about the Freedom Ride at blackvotersmatterfund.org slash freedom dash ride. Uh, find out more about how you can get plugged in with the Freedom Ride when it is in your city or town. Uh, and join us virtually uh, as we uh, trek through the Deep South and into Washington, D.C., demanding accountability from our elected officials and fighting for the rights of our people to gain access to the voting booth and to maintain our full humanity here in this country. And join up with us uh, when we are in your area. Connect to the work that we're doing with Black Voters Matter Fund uh, on all of the social medias and on the website at blackvotersmatterfund.org. Well, the borders are not as open as we would like, so I doubt that our listeners here in the National Capital Region are going to be trekking to D.C. or anywhere along your route. However, people can join uh, virtually. And for folks who want to know more about the history of the freedom rides that happened in the early 60s, I highly recommend watching the documentary that was done uh, that aired on PBS on the occasion of the 50th anniversary. This is uh, this year is the 60th anniversary. Um, so, in closing, uh, Tim, the voter suppression laws. Are you going to be able to do? Do you think that uh, the the legislation is going to pass to protect voter rights? I think we have um, a particular Seven. moment. There is a, a zeitgeist in this moment of change. The winds of change are blowing. We are in a, a moment in the aftermath of the adoption of Juneteenth as a national holiday where there is an energy 
that is uh, making demands of those who are in positions of power and influence. I believe it was Frederick Douglass who said that power concedes nothing without a demand. And so the people are demanding in this moment that our rights be protected and that our security be safeguarded uh, as it relates to our ability to access the voting booth. We need to make sure that H.R. 1 is adopted. We need to be passing the For the People Act, making sure that we secure uh, the rights to vote for as many people as possible and expand as, as much as possible access to the voting booth for those who are returning citizens and who have paid their debt to society. We need to be demanding of those who are in positions of power that they represent our needs, our constituencies, our communities. And so uh, I am optimistic about the possibility of the adoption of these new measures. And I also believe that uh, as we look back on this moment, we will see uh, that we have indeed entered a moment of critical change for our country. But um, uh, I'm reminded of a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that said, the, uh, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Yes, I uh, am reminded uh, that it's not that the arc of the university, uh, the universe simply bends toward justice. It is we, the, uh, the movement builders, the change makers, the activists, the organizers, and the allies who work together to bend it. And so uh, I am pleased that we're in this moment where we can, in fact, work together, build coalition and support, uh, push for these rights and continue to stand together in solidarity with our, uh, our folks uh, to demand that uh, this country be uh, as good as it's promised to all of its citizens. So, uh, yeah, I'm hopeful that, yeah. uh, that we can move in that direction. And I'm uh, grateful to be uh, here on Black and Black with you uh, and with your community. Uh, celebrating in this Juneteenth season, yes. freedom and liberation of our peoples and demanding justice for all of us. Yeah, I got my fist up. <laughs> so on on, on that uh, hopeful note, uh, I'd like to thank you on behalf of myself and uh, our co-hosts for taking time out of your busy schedule before you hit the road um, and as you prepare to celebrate uh, Juneteenth. And where can people find you Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll tune in to uh, the work that we're doing with Black Voters Matter on all of the social medias, the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Facebooks, and all of those things. Follow me, Timothy Hughes, uh, on, on uh, all of those things as well, at Timothy Hughes. Uh, and I'm so excited and, and grateful to always be in community with you, uh, Sarah, and all of the work that you are doing there uh, with our brothers and sisters there in Ottawa and throughout uh, Canada and throughout the diaspora. Thank you for the work that you do for the dedication that you have to our people and for your uh, your commitment and sacrifice because we, we could not do this work without your support. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. I've been speaking with Timothy Hughes from Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, you are still tuned in to Black on Black. Keep it low. You've been listening to a CHO original podcast. CHO is community-driven media. Find us online at chuo.fm, on air at 89.1 FM in Ottawa, and on social media at chuo.fm.